0: From WAUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Beth Greenman. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from the Athens and Ohio University communities. This week on The Outlet, hear about a group bike ride that worked to build community in Athens.
1: We had a lot of great conversation about community being built by the women um, with the bicycling and also just with creating that kind of community, as well as talking about our own community here in Athens and how we can create a safer one for everybody.
0: Also, hear about an organization that is making changes in its leadership. Those stories and more coming up right here on The Outlet. Ohio University's Women's Center is starting off the semester with a dialogue about street violence, empowerment, and bicycling. A recent screening of Ovarian Psychos, a film about primarily Latino women in Los Angeles forming a bike crew, was put together with the co-sponsorship of several other campus groups. I took a look at the story up close.
1: amazing streamers on her bike in the caboose to make sure everybody's where they're supposed to be so if you want to hang out by her she's
0: pretty cool the hawking river winds twists and turns along the bike path in athens reflecting the clear blue sky above it 10 bikers go along the path women's center director dr Geneva murray bringing up the rear with her bicycle decked out in streamers it is september 25th and ohio university's women's center is hosting a bike ride that leads all the way down to a Blenis health center on the way back to Baker Center, the ride takes to the streets, in the spirit of the film being screened after the ride Ovarian Psychos.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Honestly, it's such a powerful, powerful film with amazing women and um, really doing some incredible work in the form of reclaiming the streets from violence with bicycling and creating community in that way. And when I came here, we were talking about some programming for the upcoming semester, and I thought it'd be a really, really great thing to have at the beginning of the school year to get people out on bikes, um, kind of have that active component, but also really show in an incredible film that really talks about violence um, and discrimination, but also empowerment and creating community.
0: That was Mary Catherine Tran, assistant director of the Women's Center. She started working for the center in February and was thrilled to work with other campus and community organizations and businesses to sponsor this event. About 30 people saw the film. Afterwards, there was a talk back with Tran and a representative from Scripps Hispanic Network, one of the co-sponsors.
1: We had a lot of great conversation about community being built by the women um, with the bicycling and also just with creating that kind of community as well as talking about our own community here in Athens and how we we can create a safer one for everybody.
0: Another sponsor of the event, Black Diamond Bicycles and Rental, a local business in Athens, provided bicycles for people to rent for free. It hosts weekly ladies' rides on Friday evenings designed to create an inclusive space for women to ride along the bike path. Black Diamonds to Mary Francis loved getting people who aren't typically riders involved. Anytime you get people on bikes that aren't typically on bikes, and I'm assuming most people weren't since they all borrowed them, it's a great event. Francis hopes this event encourages people to become more involved with the biking community of Athens. In May, People for Bikes ranked Athens 20th out of over 500 cities in terms of bike friendliness, but there is still room for improvement. I feel really comfortable on the streets, but you can definitely tell that not everybody is and that cars aren't uh, that comfortable. And, like, there's tons of data to say that the more people are uh, engaged in riding in a community, the more accepting they are of bikes on the road. So I wish that Athens would keep moving in that direction. The Women's Center will be continuing the conversation around empowerment and freedom from violence throughout the year. For The Outlet, I'm Beth Greenman. A historic change in student leadership has come to Ohio University's Marching 110. Outlet reporter Taylor Brooke tells us what's different with the band this year.
2: Fierce, fun, and respected. These are the words that members of Ohio University's Marching 110 used to describe their new field commander, Sophia Medved. Fifth-year trumpet section leader Richard Kern says respect came easy to Sophia from the start.
0: She's one of those people that just as soon as she starts speaking, she just takes command of everything that's going on. Um, she, where She's not respected because she yells at it. She's respected just because she is an easy to respect person.
2: Director of the Marching 110, Dr. Richard Sook, says Sophia's leadership is not only breaking barriers for students now, but also band members that have marched before her. I think it's been a, a source of uh, pride for Uh, Students who ever marched in the band that have been female, you know, that it it can be done and and students can achieve that uh, level of performance and that level of leadership. The Marching 110 was founded in 1923 and women could play in the band up until 1967 when the band became the 110 Marching Men of Ohio. Women were not re-admitted until 1975. Although the choice to make Sophia Field Commander wasn't a decision based on gender, she still feels like the decision will benefit the band for years to come.
0: I think it's really great that the band has chosen a first female field commander, Um, not just that it's me, but that they've chosen first female because change and progression is always good for
1: any organization.
2: Sophia's leadership is already inspiring young female band members like freshman Heather Acock.
1: Every time that she says something like leave her legacy or we do another thing that she has introduced to us, it's inspired us not only to try to be field commander, but it's also inspired us that at the end of the day we can achieve other goals that we wouldn't do.
2: The duties of the field commander include being the band's hype man and a leader when it comes to learning new music and teaching the fundamental marching technique to new members. Sophia has worked hard for three years in hopes of being considered for this position. She says she's honored to be a part of history, but says it's more to her than that.
0: I really want to leave a legacy of being the best field commander I could possibly be. Uh, It doesn't really matter my gender, I just want to leave it all on the field and help the 110 as much as I can. Ohio University's Hillel, an organization for Jewish life on campus, is adapting to the recent increase in anti-Semitism in America. During the High Holy Days of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur this year, Hillel had a visible police presence. I sat down with Director Sarah Livingston to discuss how this change is impacting the local Jewish community. First, um, you know, get to know a little about you, um, sure. just you know, on the record, and then you know, changes to Hillel overall. It's been a you know, very new year uh, Mm -hmm. as we go into the Jewish year and then get into, you know, the issue of the police
3: uh, being there for the high holy case. So uh, to start off, can I just get your name and position for the record? Of course. I'm Sarah Livingston, and I'm the director of Hillel at Ohio University.
0: And uh, how much time have you spent in that position?
3: Just over six months now. And have you been settling in all right? I'm figuring out my way. It's a big learning curve. Um,
0: So uh, getting into, you know, that sort of learning curve, the changes that have been going on in Hillel, um, you know, how how do you think um, the changes in terms of, you know, having a new director and then having, you know, John's new position have been uh, impacting
3: student life? I actually think that the changes, the addition of John in October of last year, so just a year ago, and then myself coming on board in... March, I started March 1st, has been a hugely positive impact on student life. Students have finally found a way to re engage with Hillel that they haven't seen in years. A way where they feel like they're Position on Judaism their space in Judaism is respected and welcomed and and enjoyed and and the radical inclusivity that I bring to what I do is really making its way through the students here and we're seeing a that doesn't sound right Uh, we're seeing a drastic increase in students coming to events and being engaged with events and volunteering to lead events and the programming is so different in as well because of the changes in our student engagement. It's been amazing.
0: Yeah, I've, I've really noticed that, like, a lot of the interns are having, you know, new events now in terms of, like, uh, you know, Jews in Canoes and the Jewish Women's Circle, and I think that's just, it's been really incredible to see. Um, so I was wondering, like, where has that, you know, newfound energy for all this new programming come from?
3: Well, I bring boatloads of energy with me I am not a low energy person I I am off the charts with my own energy and I think it's it's a little infectious and not in a bad way Um, and ultimately at the end of the day Hillel is a student-led student-run organization if the students don't own and plan a program then the program doesn't happen So what you're seeing is the result of students saying, I'm super engaged with being Jewish and I wanna see things happen this year. So I'm gonna make them happen. This student intern board that we have is filled with some really powerful women and some amazingly engaged men that want to, I don't know, bring more Jewish life to campus in an engaging way. And ultimately, at the end of the day, I don't care where you're doing Jewish things or how you're engaging with Judaism. I want you to do something Jewish, whatever that looks like, on a canoe or in Hillel or out hiking, whatever it looks like, for sure. Um,
0: and then, you know, this is one of the only Hillels in the country that you know still has the community aspect. Um, so, how how do you think the community student relationship has, um, you know? been affected by all the changes and
3: do you do you think it's like still strong i do think that the community student relationship is still strong i think the students benefit from our community involvement and i think our community also benefits from our student involvement it's we are a student priority organization but they're the closest synagogue is is what a hundred kilometers away that was my Canadian coming out a hundred kilometers away it's in Columbus it's 75 minutes from here Um, you can't find Jewish community anywhere near here so our doors are welcome to Jews and non-Jews that are interested in Judaism for every event that we do and that includes the community and I think the students appreciate that and we work really hard to make the students the absolute priority and the community is very respectful of that but we also have things like the Athens Jewish Kids Club and community members on our board of directors and we make sure the community members are involved in the holidays and in Shabbat and other so we um, we have a fine balance and I work very hard to engage with both sets of Constituents to make sure that they have their space at the table. Um, okay, so then moving away from you know general changes, getting into the the
0: police presence uh, for the high holiday holidays. Um, I was I just want to check. Um, so they were present for Rosh Hashanah. Will they be present for Yom Kippur? They will. Uh, so then, uh, are they from the Athens Police Department or OUPD?
3: So in Baker Center for Rosh Hashanah, we had police from OUPD or is it house? Hello? which is in Athens, it's not on campus. So the Athens police will have off-duty officers that we pay to basically watch over the entrance. So they're not interested in our community as much as they're interested in keeping our community safe. So they're trained um, through Homeland Security and a variety of other areas, including police training to know when something isn't right and they're very cautious about people entering the building and things like that and that's the officers that we've opted in for so we'll have an officer for morning services on Yom Kippur, Kol Nidri services on Erev Yom Kippur and during N'ilah, um, Yisker and Break the Fast um, in the, on the evening of Yom Kippur. Um, it's a fine line to walk. We walk a fine line where I need the safety and security of my marginalized community Jews to be balanced with the fact that other visible minorities are also marginalized and often targeted by the police, and that is a challenging thing. So I make sure that when we have Jews of color or guests that are people of color at our programming when there is intense security, that they know that they are welcome. I I go the extra mile for everyone because it's just what I do. But in those instances, it's very clear that we need to make sure that those those people that are normally marginalized, sort of by the police, are feeling extra welcome in our space because we need a police presence. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And so I just want to check. So were the were the was the security paid uh, for Russia Hashanah or because it was in Baker, it was no. So um, I have a really fantastic relationship with the chief of police um, at Ohio University Police Department, and actually a lot of the staff at OU Police. Um, I spoke with them, and I just said I need a I need a special detail. Um, and I need your friendliest officers that are going to talk to every member of our community and welcome them and make them feel welcome and non-threatened. And I need it to be, I need it to be very visible because I want my my community to feel safe that there are police presence, and I want people that would normally feel unsafe with a police presence. To understand that this police presence is welcoming and friendly and they're not at risk and that's what the chief of police for OUPD did for me and honestly he's chief powers is fantastic and his entire staff is everyone that handles this Um, captain Kappel is in charge of these kind of just handled it perfectly like I couldn't say enough good things about working with them it's been incredible and the officers that were with us were also incredible and sent me notes after the fact saying like thank you for letting me be a part of your services and your holiday it was eye-opening for me and I enjoyed every minute that I was there and it was really wonderful so and it's
0: been a similar experience with the uh, working with the Athens PD Um,
3: I would say yes. Um, the Athens PD is challenged with time constraints, but once I was able to connect with them, they were ready and willing and able to uh, to make things happen for us um, because they see us as a student organization, even though our physical property is off campus. It's a fine line because they're, they're, their first instinct is to say, isn't that OU police's Jurisdiction or presence, shouldn't they have their presence there? And you know, having to sort of reinforce that, like we're off campus, and while we are filled with students, um, it's a religious organization off campus, and, and it really is—it's an Athens Police Department thing. And they're wonderful to work with. And we have had—we had a security issue at Hillel this week, and uh, and they handled it beautifully and quickly, and it was really lovely to work with them. So I don't have anything bad to say about Athens Police. They're just harder to get a hold of. <laughs> uh, I don't know how much you can save. A little. No. <laughs> um, I, listen, there was a security issue with um, with a transient individual in the community that um, is obviously mentally ill and frightened students and staff at Hillel and uh, and approached the building more than once and it became an issue because he was leaving notes and uh, they, were, they were a little frightening. And uh, we had it dealt with and we had it dealt with very quickly, um, like within a couple of hours of the second point of contact, it was handled by police and handled in a really effective way. And I have Uh, absolute faith in our police department and our city prosecutors and handling the situation. So, and Hillel House is very safe. Can't do better than that.
0: (laughs) I wanted to ask, how did the conversation to bring in security initially start?
3: So, it didn't. I am trained in security measures through Hillel International as of through very special training that involves everything that you could imagine from um, any security risk, terrorism to bomb threats to threatening letters to whatever. And uh, one of the things that our Hillel International Organization did for us was really line, like create an outline of things that you could do and should be doing to ensure a safe space for the holidays. And I decided that the right choice of action um, was to have greeters. Our student interns acted as greeters. We had a guest list. You had to be registered for the event and to have a, a visible police presence. And those were on the checklist of how we could keep ourselves safe through Hillel International. And they are the route that we took and it's not just the police, right? It's the student greeters, it's recognizing the people that you know, it's having a guest list, it's having people pre-register with tickets, being able to mark your name off a ticket, all of that.
0: Uh, and then, so was, were these secure, were the security measures, like, already, you know, released,
3: uh, like, years ago, or were they in response to the Pittsburgh shooting, or? So security at Hillel has always been a priority, in about I want to say five or six years ago, they um, really re-examined our security measures and every couple of months, something is getting revised to update based on things that have happened. And, you know, most people know this, but uh, most people in my world know this, but most people, I think, in the average world don't. But for the fifth straight year in a row, violence against Jews has drastically increased over the previous year and is now at, an all-time high where, as much as we hear about violence against other minorities, people don't realize that violence against Jews is actually the largest amount of violence against a minority in America, and violence against Jews has increased so drastically. Not just violence, but any anti-Semitic act, whether it's graffiti or um, physical property destruction. There was a synagogue in Minnesota, there was, uh, I think Minnesota, Nebraska, something Minnesota, very recently. Um, Obviously, Orle of Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, um, Poway Chabad in um, San Diego. Every time I turn around, there's a risk. Every time I think that I can relax, something else happens. And Hillel International is aware of that, and they're always updating. So, I mean... So your question really is: Have these been in existence forever? Is this a new thing? The answer is: They've been in existence forever, and it's a new thing. <laughs> I know it's not really one or the other.
0: Um, so this is the first time there's been a police presence at Hillel for High Holidays, right? Or oh.
3: in the past, the police presence has been um, plain closed, so you guys didn't know they were there.
0: So they've they've been there mm-hmm. for how long?
3: I About mean, um, a I'm sure Bree had security, but I don't know. That was my predecessor. Lauren and Danielle always had um, had security. And uh, I, I decided to make it a visible police presence because of what happened recently. And that was a change that I made. Um, after Pittsburgh and after San Diego and after the fire in Minnesota, I decided that I just wanted my community to visibly see secure presence in the hopes that it would make them feel more secure. And that seems to be the general consensus, that they're, they didn't feel less secure because of the security being aimed at them. They felt more secure because the security was aimed outwardly.
0: Um, wow, I learned something new today. So, I'm sorry, just to clarify, how were, how was the present? So there were... Police not present or were they remote? How did it work?
3: They looked like everybody else. Plain Inter- clothes officers. Interesting. Okay. Now you know. Now I know.
0: Um, so, um, that leads into my next question. The general consensus uh, you would say among students is they feel safer. Um... I was wondering how you know you felt it affected you know the feel of services to you know have police in the. So for
3: me, I was I was un sort of aware of them. They just didn't affect me um, as the leader of the community. Maybe it was my job to be unaffected by them. I don't know. I also have lived in very, very, very large cities. I've never lived in a small town before this new residence in Athens. Um, and so I'm used to police presence in my synagogue and in my services and around my building. Um, not having a police presence it seems strange to me. Um, the census are to what I've... Received. I've not had a single complaint. And I've only heard that people were kind of glad that I did it. Um, and then I do want to ask, uh, you know, in the Jewish community,
0: there is that larger debate about Jews of color and how we can make them feel safer in this time where also there are bomb threats and there are shootings and there are cemeteries being destroyed and how to balance that. So I was wondering, you know, how you feel we should be balancing that in our local community.
3: I don't know. That's not a great answer, is it? I don't know. Do you know, one of the hardest things in life is to be a non-visible minority. You can't look at me and tell I'm a minority. But not all the most hated minorities on the planet. Okay? I feel like I'm at risk by most police in most sort of metropolitan areas. I'm very lucky that the Athens Police Department is trained in in understanding, recognizing difference and being respectful. Um, And they are, I I haven't met an anti-Semitic COP in Athens, thank God. They exist everywhere, because anti-Semites exist everywhere. You can't turn a blind eye to that, just like you can't turn a blind eye to racism and you can't turn a blind eye to any of the terrible things that have happened. And there is a systemic issue in the broader sense of the word of vulnerable, visible minorities being at risk for extreme sort of, I, I don't want to say police brutality is not the right word, um, but but there's a risk of an overreaction towards people of color. In the same way that um, you know there was an overreaction by the SS towards Jews, it's a thing we've lived through. Um, I think as a Jew it's my job to fight for the safety and security of everyone including marginalized people and that's a social justice mission that Jews have been on for thousands of years and if there's a way for me to make that you know a part of my everyday the fabric of my everyday I'll do it. Unfortunately I won't do it in the spectrum of keeping my community safe. So I do my best to keep everyone as safe as possible and feeling as safe and comfortable as possible. Yeah, I know. I know for me it's been a hard
0: dichotomy of just, you know, like I I am very social justice inclined, you know, Jews have to repair the world and all that, but then what do you do when you're threatened, you know? And it's it's been hard personally. So I
3: definitely It's so hard and you can't always You can't always look at an example of one thing and assume that it's gonna happen where you are and in the space you're at. Now, that's not to say that what has happened and what we've seen happen for many years isn't a systemic problem that needs to be addressed. Um, But ultimately, I don't think that the current manifestation of, of law enforcement is going to be the change that we need. I think that our, our, I can't even say our generation because I'm not of your generation. I think your generation is going to make these changes by smart, capable, sensitive, and agenalization and racism and the systemic issues that plague our law enforcement. And they're going to say, I'm going to choose to go into law enforcement because I want to make a difference. And not the difference like saving, you know, people... But the difference of I'm not going to be a racist cop and I'm not going to show unnecessary force towards gay people and brown people and I'm going to make this place better because I'm going to react proportionately to the issues in front of me. And that generational change, I mean, your generation is the most amazing generation I've ever seen because you're all so aware of the world around you where, you know, when I was in university, we couldn't see past the nose on our own face, so. Thank you.
0: <laughs> and then I just wanted to ask, you know, in terms of the antisemitism that's been on the rise in this country for five years and uh, is showing no sign of decreasing, um, how do you think it's psychologically affecting um, you know, thinking about it on high holy days, but, you know, Jews in our everyday lives?
3: Ask me that again.
0: Uh, So how do you think the rise in anti-Semitism that we've seen in this country over the years has been psychologically affecting Jews in our everyday lives, you know, speaking like,
3: you know, in terms of our local community? Well, I can speak to me personally. So, the more I read about anti Semitism and the more I read about people hating Jews, the more I want to stand on a table in a public square and scream, I'm Jewish, at everyone. I don't know why that's the case, but the more I see people showing their colors of, of hatred, the more I want to say, hey look at me, I'm somebody that you hate. I also have multiple degrees, I'm extraordinarily well educated, I dedicated my life to education and making the world a better place. My whole sense of being is dedicated to creating safe spaces for students in university. Everything I do professionally is about building up the students around me to be successful and and happy adults and get out of university feeling a strong sense of self and identity. And, you know, hate me if you must, but what is it exactly that you hate about me? Because I don't have any money. You can't claim I'm like a rich Jew. That stereotype is... I don't have control over anything. I'm not some sort of like media guru or I don't own a newspaper. I'm not these stereotypes they're they're there in order to you know scapegoat the jews literally into being the cause of everyone's unrest and then you know the other side of the coin is that the jews are also blamed because they aren't they're, they're a burden on society, and they do, like, right? It's If you study Jewish history at all, you'll see, especially in uh, Eastern Europe, in Russia, and in America, um, before and after the World War II, Jews are blamed for both things. They're blamed for running the world, and they're blamed for being so poor and so incapable of taking care of themselves that they're a burden on society, the combination of the two. We're neither of those things. We're just people that want to raise our kids and live our lives and believe the same thing that our families have believed for centuries follow the moral compass that is the hebrew bible and live our lives every christianity has their thing buddhism has their thing islam has their thing and jews have their thing there's very little to hate about any of the things that i just said but for some reason people really like to hate jews they're not a big fan of muslims either but just to be clear
0: (laughs) and uh so that's all the questions that i have Do you have anything you want to say that I didn't ask you
3: about? That's a good question. Um, Everyone is welcome at Hillel. I want to really reinforce that for anyone listening to this that may be interested in what being Jewish means. Services. Anybody that thinks there's something like, you know, foggy and mystical about being Jewish, I want to say, come to me. Friday nights at 6 o'clock, we do our Friday service, our Shabbat service, um, which is not unlike um, what you would experience if you were Christian and went to church on a Sunday morning. It's, you know, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. It's some prayers. We explain them in English, but there there is some Hebrew. And then the most important thing, I feed you. You come, I feed you. It's wonderful. Um... I, I mean that. Come. One, come all, and experience what it's like to be Jewish in Athens by uh, being a part of our community for a night.
0: That's it for our show this week. Thanks for joining us. The outlet is co-produced each week by me, Beth Greenman, and Elise Heymond. We're edited by Atish Baidia, Susan Tebbin, and Allison Hunter. Adam Rich is our technical assistant, and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos. Subscribe to the outlet on SoundCloud and iTunes, or find us online at woub.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at outlet underscore woub. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Athens and Ohio University communities. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.